Ay, buenos días, mi hija. Yo te bendiga. Me tienen que llamar de una vez para atrás, si no puede. Está trabajando. Estoy llamando para darte las gracias por tu Es mi primera hija, yo ya hace 30 años que me he pensado este mundo. Y es lo mismo. Que Dios lo mejor, que Dios te bendiga. Que muchos años de vida. Sobre todo que se cree ese amor que debemos tener para el Señor, el amor hacia Él, vivir para Él diariamente, y pueda criar a sus niños en los caminos que se quise instruir y criar, y que pueda verlo igualmente, eso le pido al Señor, pueda ver a mi familia, y siempre. Felicidades en este día, que Dios te dé muchos años más de vida, Quiero mucho paz. Bye. To the Posh Sessions. I am your host, Posh, and I'm here today. Told you I was going to bring him back. He is our in-house therapist, Pernell Bush. We are back at Lemmy's studio. I have the greatest engineer slash time management team in the world. Do you guys know? <laughs> Not time management. Okay. Do you guys know that I set up this recording with everyone except Lemmy? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to text him back. So he calls me a couple hours before I was supposed to be here talking about, uh, are we still recording or not? Because you never confirmed. So shout out to him. I also have my videographer, the man that knows all my angles. We got photos by Lex in the building. I want to give a quick shout out to all my listeners, viewers, those who retweet my episodes on Twitter, those who share the episodes on their Instagram, on your Instagram stories, those who tell a friend and share my podcast, like a big shout out to you guys, because at the end of the day, that's what I do it for. So the fact that you guys find value in the podcast and the things that I'm saying, and you guys find it valuable enough to share, that means the world to me. So I want to, you know, give a quick shout out to you guys. I appreciate that. Um, of course, don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to subscribe, rate, comment, spread the word. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Novelty is now open again at seating capacity. So don't you guys go over there acting a fucking fool. <laughs> they are located in downtown Orlando, Thornton Park District. Go check out Siobhan, Dave and Love, smoke a hookah, have a drink or two. Order something to eat. Tell them Posh sent you. If you're looking for a space to have an event at, tell them Posh sent you. Also want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor, Pristine Auto. They do custom work on vehicles. They work with insurance to do collision repairs, auto detailing. My son is over there enjoying his best life this summer. Tell them Posh sent you. And now that I got all of that shit out the way, I want to I wanna make that quick because we got some shit to talk to you today. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And when we're back, we're going to get into today's session. Sound like a plan. 
on his dreams and ambitions although I could never understand there was comfort that I listened with mention to be better than him yeah be a better man in the world of negligence pedophilic meddling son don't trust your reverend when they settle in for settlements lock your door shut your windows don't let the devil in the media graffiti with relishments money cars and clothes I suppose what successful is they say so your oats is natural to experiment but don't suck and fucking run amok be celibate only 14 when I first cut I wasn't her first I had to strap up and thank God for them condoms that my papa gave cause a convo by birds and bees wouldn't save me from a child I couldn't shoulder pushing in a stroller down the streets of 3OB while all my homies asked to hold him proceed to play ball when he cried they can't console him I truly wasn't ready for kids that's what he told me I had a rich dad poor dad Christmas trees are beautiful without presents up under them. 
Lead by example, don't get caught up in the rapture. Life is just a raffle, mostly pain, but some laughter. The older that you get, it's even harder to believe. No superheroes on TV you used to see. Remember that I told you, slow down, control your speed. The more you walk with God, the harder it is to scrape your knee. I remember when I fell from my first bite. There were no are you okays and really are you alright? Just dirt in my pockets. Handful of gravel. That's when I realized that getting up is only half the battle. The fear of falling off will haunt me well into my teens. The moment that the world took a shit upon my dreams. Cause money is the root and love is all we had. In fact, I'm glad I had a rich dad, poor dad. Check it out. I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. For my brothers with daughters, I saw my daughter send a letter to some boy her age who locked up. First I regretted it, then caught my rage. Like, how could I not protect her from this awful face? Never try to hide who I was, she was taught and raised like a princess. But while I'm on stage, I can't leave her defenseless. Plus, she see me switching women, pops was on some pimps. She heard stories of her daddy thugging. So if her husband is a gangster, can't be mad, I love him. Never for her, I want better. Homie in jail, dead dad. Wait till he come home, you can see where his head's at. Got game, they be trying to live He seen your mama crib Plus I'm sure he know who your father is Although you real, plus an honest kid Don't think I'm slow, I know you probably had that chronic lid You 17, I got a problem with it She look at me like I'm not the cleanest father figure But she rockin' with it For my brothers with daughters, I call this For my brothers with daughters, I call this Not saying that our sons are less important uh, 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 uh. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. For my brothers with daughters, I call this. Not saying that our sons are less important. Uh, yeah. This morning I got a call, nearly split my wig. The social network said Nas, go and get your kids. She's on Twitter. I know she ain't gonna post no pic of herself underdressed. No inappropriate right? Her mother cried when she asked. Said she don't know what got inside this child's mind. She planted a box of condoms on her dresser, then she Instagrammed it. At this point, I realized I ain't the strictest parent. I'm too loose, I'm too cool with her. Should've drove more time to school with her. I thought I dropped enough jewels on her. Took her from private school so she could get a balance to public school they too nurture teen talents they grow fast one day she's your little princess next day she's talking boy business what is this they say the coolest players and foulest heartbreakers in the world god gets us back he makes us have precious little girls i'm sorry I, you know if there was something that i hey you know do. what you ain't got to do no nothing uncle phil hey, you know ain't like i'm still five years old you know ain't like i'm gonna be sitting up every night asking my mom when's daddy coming home you know who needs him Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm -hmm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him! I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Well, well. Now, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm gonna get through college without him. I'm gonna get a great job without him. I'm gonna marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm gonna be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids.
How come he don't want me, man? notion that this podcast is like a man hating man bashing podcast and that is not completely true i only talk shit because these niggas started it (laughs) so as we prepare for father's day in a few days i wanted to do an episode dedicated to fathers and to fatherhood now again contrary to popular belief and what this podcast stand for I can actually say that I feel like I've been blessed with who I feel is the best dad in the entire world, which is my dad. Thought you were talking about me for a minute. I'm about to say, I appreciate that. (laughs) I appreciate that, but okay, okay. Now, my dad, there is so much that I can say about him, and we will um, throughout this episode, but I want to say that my dad is not only what I feel like a, a walking angel on this earth, my dad is my hero. My dad is my first love. Um, y'all hear me talk a lot about my family, my upbringing, me talking shit about my fucking baby daddies. I was and just about men to say, in general. I was just about to say, well, it don't sound like Posh have any daddy issues, but we want to come back and explore this a little bit. And men in general. So I just wanted to slow it down today and, you know, break down what I think men should know and understand about fatherhood, the role that it plays in your child's life the responsibility that we have as parents in bringing up our children, especially in today's world. Definitely. And honestly, when I thought about this topic, I had so much to say that honestly, I didn't even know where to begin. (laughs) But I am glad that we have a therapist to help us break it all down. Definitely, definitely. Well, first and foremost, I want to say uh, thank you for inviting me. Um, I do appreciate us just having this type of conversation. 
Um, and I just want to do one correct uh, correction. Mm-hmm. You said that, you know, people think that this podcast is man bashing. <laughs> no, Posh, people think you are man bashing when it comes to, you just said at the end, you had all these great words to say, then you like, oh, F my baby daddy. I, my, uh, I know, know. I, I didn't say fuck them. I said my fucking baby daddy. Okay, my bad. Because, okay. you know. I got they you. be the I most. Guess. They be the most. I definitely <laughs> understand. I definitely understand. You know, but um, this is this is a very important conversation for us to have, and I'm just happy that we can engage in this, and hopefully, uh, uh, even if no one agrees at the end, at least it'd be more of a knowledge base and perspective given. Yes, agreed. So, question number one that I wanted to start off with is, what, in your opinion, is a man's role in a child's life? So in, in my opinion, uh, what is a man's role in a child's life? It's just the same as a mother. You know, um, when it comes to our ch- our children, you know, we are there to ensure that these individuals that we have created together can grow into the, uh, the most healthiest, uh, functional adult. Well-rounded. From, well-rounded from a social, emotional, psychological standpoint. So we are all trying to contribute to that, you know. So when I talk to parents about uh, working with their children, I often talk about it from a term of just making a deposit. Um, and what I mean by that is like, what are you depositing into your children that you feel like will actually add value to them as they get older? Mm-hmm. You know, even for me, I have a nine-year-old right now. My daughter is nine. Well, she 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 chocolate girl. She'll be nine in a couple of weeks. She told me that I'm nine. I'm like, well, no, oh. not, not yet. But okay. <laughs> Uh, Yo, why but, do girls be doing that? They always be. Always want to make mean, ourselves so, older until we're it. like thirty. Now we're like rewinding <laughs> the clock. Re- rewind the time, <laughs> right? But you know, hey, but you know, for my daughter, even when she was born, her mother's looking me crazy because I'm like, all right, I got, I know, I firmly have eighteen years to deposit everything I can into this young lady until when she's 18. And she don't the, run away or some crazy shit that know, we do when act, we're like 16 or something, right, like an act of rebellion. Right. So, you know, and I know by the time she, she she has the autonomy and the legal right to no longer pay any attention to her father. So I yeah. know at least until she's 18, I'm able to contribute to her development to the best of my ability. Right. You know, so the role of a father, just to answer your question to make sure it's very clear for the listeners, is to contribute to the healthy social, emotional, and psychological development of the child that we help create with the women that are also standing in the paint. Okay. But I will say, like, adding to that point, <clears throat> I will say, like, as a single mom, I feel like we we both contribute to this child, but we have different roles than that we play. Yeah. Because like we were speaking before, you know, we started recording how, mm-hmm. you know, a mom, I'm guilty of this. We're sheltering. <laughs> we don't want our babies hurt. We don't, we, everything is like so dramatic. We don't want them to die, <laughs> you know, as opposed to, you know, the man comes around and he fosters a more independent attitude of, I don't care if you fell. Don't cry. Get your ass back up. It's not that, get, I, it's not that I, I don't care. You know, I do care that you fell, but I want you to be able to pick yourself back up. Right. You know, so it's it's, it's just the uh, 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 the framing of thought process mm-hmm. when it comes to our children. You know, for mothers, like I say, you guys are a lot more nurturing. So mm-hmm. if, our, if our child fell, fell fall down together, you're going to be like, oh, my God, come here. Scrape <laughs> the knee. Where sometimes, whereas fathers, we understand that this may be, and women do too, but once again, it's just more motherly that you're going to run to their assistance. Right. But as fathers, like, okay, I need you to learn how to pick yourself back up because one day I may not be around to do it. Mm-hmm. And I want to ensure that I'm uh, that I'm raising an individual that's able to stand up even after adversity. Yeah. So at the end of the day, 
when it comes to uh, mothers and fathers, although we just show how we care differently. We all care right. in a way, depends on the uh, on the parents. Right. We all care. It's just it is is demonstrated differently. It looks different. Right. And that's one thing when I do parenting workshops and I talk to mothers, I tell them all the time, the way that you care for your child, their father may not do it the same way, but they still are caring for them in their best, uh, in, in the best way they know how. And right. I often ask parents, mothers like, because they're like, well, I don't like that. But <laughs> is, what they're, is what they're doing hurting your child? You may not like it, but is it truly hurting them? And what are the benefits? Sometimes you got to stop and ask yourself, okay, I don't like how you did that, but maybe he's what he's doing is something that's actually going to be of benefit for our child. You know, because what I also mm. like I, said, I, I think about when they're 18 and beyond, we're not around right, them around anymore. around all the time. Yeah. And that's why I tell parents, sometimes you got to think about it. What's the end result we're getting to? Because our children are going to spend more years as adults than they will as children. Right. That's true. So we have to really think about that. My mom would always tell me that. She's like, you're only a child. For 17 years of Seven, your life, 17 years. you're going to die as an adult. Listen. Stop trying to grow up <laughs> so because fast. once you're an adult, that's it. There's no turning back. You're, None. That's, you're done. And, you know, I was just working with a client not too long ago. You know, a client is 30 years old and they're just so frustrated with life. And uh, one of the questions I asked, you know, I, I, well, a statement I made, like, do you know that you currently have spent more years as a child than you have as an adult? When you're 30 years old, think about it. Now, if you're if you're a child from drag me, if, if you're a child from from birth to 17, technically, right? Mm -hmm. That means it's gonna be another 17 years plus before you have matched that as an adult. So, to right. 34, 35, you have you still have more years under your belt as a child than you have as an adult. So it's like give yourself a little grace about trying to figure out your path where you need your to goals, be at right. your goals. Like you're you're honestly, I think that's why I truly. And wholeheartedly go out and speak about the stages of development. Um, yeah. And I would encourage anyone to research stages of development. There are different. Um, yeah, like Mendel develops for 43. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there are a lot of different ones, but you know, I, I utilize <laughs> Eric Erickson's. I utilize his stages of development. So, like from uh, the first year of life, a child is uh, what we are in a stage, what we call trust versus mistrust, where they're trying to understand and learn who they can trust and the environment around them. You know, so. You have to really give yourself a little grace. What I'm trying to give back to to get get to that point there, you yeah. know. Uh, until we 35 years old, we have spent more time as children than we have as adults. Very true. Do you feel like as a father, because now you have a girl and now you have a boy? Yes. As a father, do you feel like your role is different depending on the sex? You know what, man? I'm so happy that I had my daughter first. You know, okay. I, as most men, I'm not, I don't know, I, I'm just speaking from my heart. Uh -huh. I wanted a son. I'm not going to flaw. <laughs> I am not going to flaw. I wanted a son first. Y'all all do. Damn it for yeah. what? You know, I think, I think it's just that 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 notion of carrying on the lineage, the name, and all that stuff. Well, yeah, and then the things yeah. as a father, you think about what you want to do with your son. And the, the fear that you may have from having a daughter. Because I was a wild boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, a wild boy and a wild young man and all that good stuff. Yeah. So just to think about... Oh, man, I have a daughter. How am I going to prepare her? But, right. you know, why I'm so grateful that I had a daughter first, because it taught me how to truly communicate. My daughter taught me how to really speak about some of the things that uh, I want her to do better. 
you know, it, it taught me how to remain calm in certain situations. Whereas sometimes <laughs> with a boy, subconsciously it's like, you're a boy, hey, yo, get up, wiping these off, you're all right. Right. But with my having my daughter first, it taught me that. So now with my son, I, I have this 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 already uh you know, I have experience as right. a parent. You know, if you think about it, I have 10, almost nine, 10 years of experience as a parent right. to uh, parent much better than what I would have done Ooh. if I had if I would have had my son at 24. Conversations I have with my daughter, because she'd be thinking I'm hard on her, and then Junior come right behind and talk about, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> None. And then she's like, I don't get it. It is so funny to me, like, to see that, that contrast, like, how much I've grown, you know, as a mom as I've gotten older. And, um, you know, the one thing that I always talk about as far as like even my family and things of that nature, like my parents are still together to this day. Definitely. They've okay. been married for 35 years. They've been together. I mean, obviously longer than that. I would say at least 40. I am the oldest of four girls. Mm. And I can honestly say I've witnessed my dad being go from being the hardest nigga I know to straight <laughs> pussy. This man don't need a reason to fucking cry, y'all. This man, if you know my dad, he don't got to know who you are. If you go up to him and you tell him a sad story, oh, this nigga is crying and praying with you. Yes. Your daddy going to cry off, he, off, off Yes. Oh, my God. Like, what? Waterworks? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't it, it's so it. funny how our parents change as we get older, right? It is. So, but like you said, for you, you, you grew up in a two parent household, right? Where you had uh, uh, parents that's been together for thirty five years, right? You know, so that for you is like, wow, this is the uh, picturesque in a way, right? You know, for me, right. uh, you know, just to be completely transparent, I am uh, a child that my father had outside of his marriage, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So not only was he my parents not together, I am a uh, uh, I'm a child that my father had outside of his marriage. Right. That he, uh, that my 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 mother and him, you know, they're ten years apart. Right. You know, so I never really seen that. I never right. seen the 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 picturesque type of relationship. Right. But you know, I do give my my biological father credit. You know, when I was a child, I can remember him trying to trying to come see me. Now I can remember. That. I remember him trying to see me. Right. But my mama, she gave him hell. She gave him hell. We ain't going to do that on this podcast. That's, that's, that's why, you know, for me, when, when I grew up, when I became an adult, co-parenting, because I'm not together with my, my daughter's mother. Gotcha. But even from the Jump Street, day one, I want us to have at least a healthy co-parenting relationship. And healthy co-parenting relationship isn't, isn't perfect. Right. But it's something that we can definitely uh, uh, have some rules and parameters. We try our best to respect one of the viewpoints. You know, one thing I always reiterate to her, no matter what, we would not present as a divided front to our child because I knew from myself as a child, because the way that I grew up, I knew I, I was able to fragment my parents. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, all I had to do was say this to my mama. She mad at my dad and say this to my dad. He ain't even talking to her. And then my godparents who actually raised me, they ain't communicating with nobody in a way because it's like, <laughs> I don't have to deal with none of this. So when I often talk to true. parents, you know, we have to get to a place uh, when it comes to co-parenting, there are different dynamics in co-parenting, whether you guys are together or not together, whether it's uh, uh, was it one night stand, was a long term relationship. Our co-parenting relationship still has to be strong enough, has to be uh, respected enough amongst the two co-parents to try our best to uh, at least uh, meet eye to eye. If we don't agree, agree all the time, but at least meet eye to eye to ensure that we're doing the best for our child, even if we don't agree all the time. Right. So one thing I tell my daughter, mother is like. Even if I'm upset with you and I don't agree with how you may do something, I would never show that in front of our child. 
Right. I'm going to talk to you offline. Right. Say, right. hey, well, maybe next time we need to try it this way. Right. Because the last thing I want to show our daughter is that you and I are not There's in agreement. The There's the vision. Because mm. children are so intelligent. Fucking slick. Listen, they, they, slick. They, they, they intelligent, man. They pick up on life. Come on now. They get it from their parents. So they pick um. up on life. And they're here like, like hey, man. If your daughter, if my daughter see that me and her mom was divided, mm-hmm. she gonna utilize that to the best of her ability. Cause she even try that now. When she knows sometimes, she like, I'm gonna call, I'm about to call my mom. You gonna call your mom? Cause for she, what? in her mind, her mom's has more control than me because she live with her mother full time, full time. Right. And I'm like, oh, oh, really? Uh, I said, you forgot, I must forgot who your father was. Go ahead, call your mama. Go ahead, call <laughs> You know. I'm <laughs> not even gonna get into these co-parenting stories because child will be here all night. But I do, I do agree with you in the whole co-parenting situation. I feel like one of the biggest things that I felt like growing up seeing was the fact that, A, I could remember two arguments my entire life that my parents had in front of us. Mm. It just was not done. And I think that the bigger picture in that was the fact that they didn't want to show division in front of their children. Makes Whatever. Sense. It didn't mean that they didn't, you know, that they didn't have fights. It doesn't mean that they always agreed, but I do feel that a lot of that was behind closed doors because they didn't want to give that impression that, you know, there was division in the household. Not to mention that, I've said this before, I grew up in a, you know, in a very traditional household, but also we were Christian. So one of the biggest things also was, you know, like biblical principles such as a divided house cannot stand. So one of the things that, you know, I believe that they really tried to instill in us is that sense of unity, that sense of family. It doesn't mean that you're always right. No, but they never corrected each other in front of us. I feel like those conversations were definitely had behind closed doors. (laughs) There wasn't no, I'm going to run to daddy and And, tell him some shit. And and, and off top of that, though, you know, I'm I'm not advocating for parents to fake it. You know, a lot of times parents think they got to fake it like they're happy. What we're saying is that these type of adult conversations right. need to be had with the adults. That's what I'm hearing from that's your, right. that's your parents did. You know, keep children in children's place right. and we have these conversations as adults. Right. And I mean, even for myself, I think uh, in our generation, sometimes I have failed at that, you know, because if, you, if you're uh, emotionally uh, charged by what your co-parent may have done, sometimes if you're not emotionally regulated, you're going to end up saying certain things in front of your children that you shouldn't say. Right. And you have to be mindful of that. So I myself have felt in that. Yeah. You know, but once again, parenting, we only get better as the time go on. There's and no manual, <laughs> there's, unfortunately. There is no manual. But one of the things, like, people ask me all the time, like, about my dad and stuff like that. Like, by the way, he's still alive. We're not talking to him in, in past about him in past <laughs> tense or anything like that. Um, but, you know, like, when I, you know, like, I asked a question on Twitter. I asked a question on Instagram. And there was a lot of the feedback that I was getting was from women who who felt some type of way, like whether it was that their dad, you know, whether it's abandonment, whether it's their dad's lack of involvement in their life, um, you know, it saddens me. And this was something that I wanted to talk about for a while. I just figured like it would obviously be more appropriate to wait till Father's Day. Um, You know, is that role, you know, my dad, I... There ain't enough, like, there ain't enough time in this world for me to tell people about my dad. <laughs> like, when I tell you, I, I tell people all the time, even, like, now dating and stuff like that, like, I'm like, damn, I'm never going to find somebody like my dad. Because when you're talking about honest, when you're talking about hardworking, when you talk about teaching me integrity, when you talk about, 
you know, teaching me about men and having standards and what to expect from men for the most part. I mean, obviously it's not, you know, to not say that all men are, you know, fucked up or whatever the case is. But for the most part, when you're dating, when you're, you know, starting out your life, a lot of these men are going to look at you for your physical. They're not going to look at you past that. So he warned me not to be so quick to commit or get emotionally involved with a man until I know what his real intentions are. That's real. Um, You know, we came from a middle class family. So it wasn't like I lived this life, you know, silver spoon or some shit. Mm -hmm. But what I remember about my dad the most, and this was a conversation I was having with my baby daddy the other day is it wasn't the money. It wasn't the vacations that we later took on. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't anything material. Yeah. What I remember the most about my dad growing up was the time that he took out to spend with me. Definitely. That's it. Definitely. You know what, man? Um, there was a gentleman that did a, a TED Talk not too long ago about how every year from the time his daughter was like five years old, well, she was three years old. They started just taking this 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 annual trip to New York, just him and her. You know, and, and it was suggested by her by the mother because they all went together when she was three. And the mother took a picture like, this is something that you two should do every year. Mm-hmm. You know, because that was the, the intentionalities of creating memories. And so these type of things are what I'm hearing you talking about. You know, you 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 recall the memories that y'all created together. You know, and that's something that I feel as if uh, some fathers today we have to get back to. Yeah. You know, those, those intentional moments of creating memories with our kids. Because here, uh, because here in, in our society and here us as human beings, sometimes yeah. we have the, uh, we have more so of a thought process of really magnifying the negative. Right. You know, we can always remember the negative. That's because negative. When you have a negative experience in your life, it gives you a feeling. That feeling, you can it reminds you of what took place. Right. You know, so we have to really be intentional about remembering the good. Yeah. So when this child may look back with her and her father going back into going to New York every year, right? That's something that's gonna be very easy for her to recall, right? Because she like, wow, you know what? Every year, me and my dad took this trip to New York where we spent time together, right? Now they may no parents in relationship, no relationship is perfect, no matter what type of relationship it is. It is right. from friendships to intimate relationships to parent child relationships, right? But now she has something very concrete and anchored she can always recall from, right? And I and I, I appreciate those type of thought processes. Um, so I know you had a few more questions. I, I want to make sure that I'm not going on a tangent no, here, no, man. No, no, we're talk. good. I think we have time. Um, the one, the other question that um, I had on here was, how does having a father or father figure impact a child's development in future? You know. Um, you know, when I think about it, I'm going to talk about it from a gender perspective. You know, I know a lot of times in, in our society today, nobody really likes to talk about it from a gender perspective. But I know from, from, from me, I'm going to talk about it from me as a little boy growing up, having a father figure in my life, you know, full time and part time. You know, um, my mother went to prison when I was seven or eight years old, third grade, whatever you're, however old you are in that time. And when she went to prison, that is when I transitioned from a single mother household to my godparents' household, which is they they were uh, uh, they're old enough to almost be my grandparents, but they were my godparents, mm-hmm. you know. But 
you know, having my, my godfather around, although we never had, I can tell people to this day, me and my godfather never had like any deep conversations. But just to see yeah. how he carried himself, just yeah. to see how he reacted to certain things, just to experience that, mm-hmm. it made a huge impression on who I am and how I became a man myself. Because mm. to me, I had an opportunity to understand how uh, a male role model figure will respond. You know, I never, ever once seen my godfather argue with my godmother, you know, which is something that I thought people do because I used to see my mama argue with everybody. So I'm like, <laughs> everybody, I'm for everybody forget the business. It's, right. You know, it was as adults, sometimes I, I revert back to that. Then I have to remember, like, never, I never seen him argue. You know, he know he ain't agree all the time, but he ain't just he like, he like, listen, this is what I do. I, I go to work, I pay the bills. I just want my peace, you know. So it was like that type of stuff. Just right. to see how he carried himself was very important to me. To see how he could transition from being this real stoic man to the life of a party. You know, when he give a, get a microphone in his hand, he's singing to everybody. <laughs> you know, that's all he wanted to do. He loved to sing and, and just my dad enjoy watching. to dance. He would get drunk on the weekends <laughs> and he would turn on his merengue and bachata in my house was a party with all of us he just wanted to dance with his daughters that's that's it man you know so seeing my godfather just sang and all, let him watch his miami dolphins and let him sing he was in his happy <laughs> place it didn't take much you know right. so seeing that it, it made a, a huge impact to me so to answer your question the role that a father figure or a father plays in the child life from either a, a, a male or female standpoint is going to be huge yeah you know i think where we are in society, we fathers, men in general, downplay their importance when it comes mm. to a child's development. They think, hey, as long as the child is getting fed, clean, and they're they're they got he's with go, his mom or they, she's they, with they're, him, they're, they're with good. her mom, she's good. You know, they they don't understand like you being around from birth to birth to five. You know, those yeah. years are very crucial because I have a lot of friends to this day, and I have a lot of friends I've talked with that they feel as if, hey, man. Long, they don't remember what I'm doing. Right now. I'm out here running the streets. I got. I'm not running the streets. I'm out here trying to make this money. I'm out here trying to do things to make sure they good. Right. But I'm like, yo, you have to be intentional about spending time with them as well. Yeah. Because how we spend time with our children is gonna be much different between how their mother spends time with them. Right. Like my my son is six months right now. Right. So I love when I get opportunity to play with my son. Him bouncing on my chest. You just be up having him late night working with you hey, and listen, stuff. I see that, it. That's the homie. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the homie. But you know, this may be something that he may remember. Like man, I mean, when I was sitting on my dad's lap and he had me in front of the computer and he was doing work right. you know that may be something that it, 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 it impacts him socially and emotionally about how he actually becomes in his own adulthood years right you know, and so, I think that that's important an important point that you made that a lot of men feel that as long as they're with the other parent that they're okay like my dad one of the things that he did say to my mom was once we you know they started having kids was he did not want her working he wanted her soul like purpose was to be at home raising, you know what I'm saying? Raising us. So my dad, in order to make that happen, had a full-time job and two part-time jobs. Mm. Like the thing about it was we barely saw our dad, but even with barely seeing him when we did, those moments counted. Yeah. You know? And I think that a lot of, a lot of men need to know that, that, you don't have to necessarily, especially if it's like a, a co-parenting situation where, you know, one the child is with one parent more than the other. You don't need equal amount of time. You don't need a lot of time. You just have to make sure that the time that you are spending with that child 
is valuable. That's it. Because I could sit here that's, that's, that's and real. I got stories for it's, days it's somebody, about my dad. But in a way, it's 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 time for us to shift the thought process of what makes a good man or a good father. Right. So back in the day, people thought what makes a good man is a good father, someone that just provides. Provides. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now it's a time that we need to get away from that thought process. Understand that providing is much more than financial. Right. It's, it's, it's providing from an emotional standpoint. It's providing right. from a social standpoint. Right. You know, so it, it's ways that we contribute more outside the dollar that we bring. Right. You know, so... Yeah, I tell, I got into a debate with an older gentleman back in the day, not too long ago, about a couple of months ago, about, in his process, he said, our generation is soft. And I say, no, y'all generation had it easier. And he's like, what do you mean? I say, all you had to do was just provide. You just had to provide financially, and y'all was considered good fathers. True. I said, but however, this generation here, there, there's understanding and more knowledge based to understand that we have to do more than provide financially. We have to provide an emotional standpoint, a social standpoint. We have to be there in a lot more realm. And this is a little a friendly debate that me and him had. Right, 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 right. You know, we walked away not agreeing. Right. But however, <laughs> you know, uh, that's just, that was my thought process. Right. I'm like, hey, man, uh, even for my biological father, you know, for him, he has nine children. My, my biological father, right? Nine children. And I know. That's a lot of mouths to feed, boy. Listen, I don't, uh, listen, I don't know how he did mm. it, but he, he, he. You know, I know my mom. My mom was real. Uh, I ain't gonna say she was. She is. She real thuggish to this day. To you this know. <laughs> you know. I'm gonna say something about that. Go ahead, say what you're gonna say. About Only that. because I know I'm I'm the realest nigga in the room in most times, <laughs> in most places I frequent. But that's only because like. That's a catch-22, and that's kind of more along the lines of co-parenting. But I will say about that is, right, like, growing up, you know, there was a sense of femininity and masculinity in my household because I had both of my parents there, right? So then, you know, I I grow up, you know, I, I get married, I, I have kids, and there was still at that moment, you know, that, that unity in the household. But then eventually, right, we break up, mm-hmm. we get divorced, you know, now we're having this co-parenting situation and I have two co-parenting situations. I have two baby daddies. But the one thing that I will say as a woman, do you know how exhausting it is to try to be the man and the woman in the damn house? Do you know how exhausting it is to have to be the head of household? And I say that because growing up, my mom didn't have to work. Now, with that said, don't get it fucked up. My mom always had some little hustles. She always always wanted, she liked her own money. Right, right, So my mom always had some things going on, but for the most part, she was at home, right? Yeah. And then my dad was the breadwinner. So I have these kids now that I am responsible for. And as much as I want to spend time with them, I have to work. Got it. I have bills that I have to pay. Right. These children have needs. So when people get into, you know, this this um this debate of child support, for example, which is like so fucking like I'm so over it. It's retired. Like I don't fucking care. Y'all say what the hell you want. But, <laughs> you know, like when we talk about child support and, you know, stuff like that, like you said, like guys think sometimes that because you're financially supporting a child. Right. That that is enough. But Do you what, know that's, how that's... exhausting it is? I have to wake up in the morning, especially now. My son's a teenager. He has a job. I have to wake up in the morning earlier because the kid can't drive. So who's taking him to work? Me. Mm-hmm. Now I got to still take him. I got to wake up early. got to take him to work. Guess what? I still have eight hours to fucking work. And God forbid I have overtime. Like I have eight hours I got to get through. I have a freaking dog I got to walk. I have a daughter 
who's a preteen, who's emotional as fuck, by the way. <laughs> like, she's hormonal. She's she's emotional. She's here. She's there. She's everywhere. We don't know what kind of day she's going to have. You know, and all of this goes on under the umbrella of, you know, uh, of a single a single mom. And when people say, like, oh, you know, like, you come off angry or you come off ab- abrasive or you come off as, you know, you're tough, like... Please understand that part of that comes from the fact that we are in a household day in and day out playing both roles. And it's not easy. Do you think that there's like there's times I wish I was more feminine, but I can't like this is who I, you know, end up developing to be because I'm playing both roles. You know what? And I, I can I can empathize with that in a way of just watching my mother, you know, my mother if <clears throat> my biological mother. Oftentimes, I feel like, like I say, to this day, she, my mom was still thuggish to this day. And, but I feel like because she had sons, so she felt like she said she had to play all the roles, mm-hmm. you know. But once again, I, I never really held anything against my biological father only because I recall as a child seeing him trying to come in and, and be a, and play an active role. But right. she was, she was a, a she was a gold, gold tendy. She was like, hey, no, you don't, I don't need you. He don't need you. When, when I'm kindergarten, first grade, like, yo, I actually want to spend time with my dad. Right. Uh, so, but like you said, we have to, like I said earlier, stated earlier, we have to get past this, um, this, this thought process of a good father is just someone that provides financially. Right. You know, there's more that fathers can contribute to a child's development. Absolutely, and, and it's taking place. And I place had that conversation on. with you too when when you were seeing my son, how angry I fucking was because I'm sitting here like, you know, like I said, I have I have two different you know extremes of the spectrum, right? I have one baby daddy who fucking dragged me through the court system because he was pissed, and you know he did the most. But okay, fine, he's in my son's life, right? Yeah. And then I have the other side of the spectrum. Where I have a baby daddy who, you know, I'm not the type to take him to court. So I'm not, that's not going to be me. He, you know, he's just like, he felt like, fuck it. The relationship when ain't I, worked out. When I say you sound like my mom, come on, like, I ain't, nobody been on child's put on need you. I'm well, like- <laughs> it wasn't about, this is the thing, right? So I don't, it wasn't about not needing him. I feel like. Uh, again, there's just certain things I didn't see in my household. Like, obviously, my mom ain't have my dad on child support. That was her husband, and he right. was taking care of the household. Definitely. So that wasn't a need. Now, I will say that in that same token, I do um, I do also acknowledge the fact, you know, when we talk about child support, that a lot of women take men, you know, take advantage of that situation. Because especially in Florida, even though that's changing, you know, in the last um, couple of years where you see now that um, fathers are gaining more rights, um, more parental rights. Yeah. Once upon a time, everybody knew that Florida was a mom state. It still, favored still, the mom. I mean, technically, still to this day, technically in, 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 in black and white. It, it, I, in black and white, it, it truly is. It truly is in a way. But you know, the we, way that, my baby daddy did me in that courtroom, <laughs> boy, you can't tell me otherwise. But that man no, but had me thirty-eight. Father, high. I kicked his wheelchair a, uh, in front of the judge and everything. I was so mad. I could have gone to jail again for assault. <laughs> I mean, I kicked his wheelchair, so it wasn't him. But still, like, I was pissed the way he was doing me, yeah. and the judge was allowing him to get away with it too. And I was like, "How dare you, bitch? I hasn't even been cashing these child support checks. I've been doing it, you know, on my own." So I was really upset as far as like, why are we here? And I will say as a woman, yes, there's a lot of women out there who are spiteful, who are mad because the relationship didn't go the way that they wanted Mm -hmm. because you're not together that feel like, nah, I'm going to get this nigga for everything he got, right? There is that situation. I'm not one of those people. 
I'm not one of those people because I never saw that growing up. I never saw that bitterness and that anger from my mother. I never saw my dad trying to do anything less than take care of his family. So I don't come from that, oh, I'm angry and I'm going to get you back. <laughs> my whole shit was like, my nigga, you know you have a kid, right? Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to tell you that, that your kid needs diapers, that your kid needs milk, that your kid needs clothes, that you should be at the fucking school dance, that your kid's graduation is next week and you're expected to be there. I shouldn't have to fucking demand those things from you. You gotcha. should know that. And if you don't know that and you don't know your role in this situation, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to drag you to court. Mm. I'm not going to dig in your pockets. Mm. I'm not going to have a judge tell you what you should be doing. You have a moral compass, right? Mm. One day you're going to have to answer to what you've done. And that's not to me. That's to your child. So however you want to go about this mm -hmm. is exactly how we're going to carry the situation. I hear everything you're saying there. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I can't for your your particular situation. Like you said, you know how you were as a woman. That, right. The things that you expected from your 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 uh, co-parents. Right. And you feel like they wasn't they weren't living up to that expectation. Right. Um, but you say they went to court and somehow the judge sided with them. Well, th with my baby daddy. OK, so the one that dragged me to court. When we got divorced at the time that we got divorced, I think it was what, like 2011 or some shit. Um the judge, basically at the time when we were going through my divorce, the judge was like, do you want alimony? Do you want arrears? What are you looking for? And all I wanted was my freedom, to be quite honest That's with you. you. I just wanted I, to I be just, done. I just want to be free. I just want to be done. Gotcha. So whatever that means, I'm okay with that. Do you want alimony? No. Mm -hmm. Do you want arrears? No. Whatever is due to me from this moment forward, That's, that's what want. I want. That's what I want. And it wasn't even that I wanted him on child support because, again, I don't really believe in that. I believe in doing the right thing, whatever that means to you. So if that meant $100 in child support, if that meant $500 in child support, I mean, all of that is, you know, time sharing, your finances. That's how they, they have a, a fucking calculation for it. Yeah. But I wasn't going to court with the intention of, of digging any, into his get, pocket. Get any of that. I just wanted my freedom papers. I just wanted to walk away from the situation. Now, fast forward. He ain't feel the same. He felt some type of way that he was losing his <laughs> wife. And, you know, his kids were going to live with his ex-wife now. So I feel like he took the opportunity when law started changing more in favor of men to say, you know what? I'm going to put her so, through the so, ringer. So I'm going to have to bring Posh, Posh back, man. You know, because Posh going to have us in here... Uh, uh, Really, this, I'm a, this going he, out this memory road with you. No, but I'm just but no, saying, I like, he you. put me through the ring or whatever, trying to get payback. Gotcha. And the only reason why I got away with not being put on child support was because the five years prior, this was back in 2016, where he took me back to court for child support. Because those five years from the moment we got divorced up until the time that he took me back to court, I didn't cash those child support checks. Understood. I was like, so I don't you, need so to, that. To you, so you're, be, you're taking care of business as a mother for your children. So because the judge saw that I wasn't collecting on those payments that they had arranged through our divorce, she then said, okay, even though she's making more money, the fact that she never got you for child support for the past five years, I'm not going to put her on child support for the next five years. So it was all a wash. Got it. But was it, was it attempted? Absolutely. Now, mm. even with that said, the one thing I will say about my son as a mom, everybody that knows me knows that I have Achilles heel, and that's my kids and my money. Don't <laughs> fuck up with either one of them. <laughs> but with my, okay. with my kids, I feel like, you know, especially now, like in today's society, 
I feel like this pressure of trying to raise this well-rounded individual with a half-ass parent. Like, I feel like there's times, and I say that because he's a boy at the end of the day. There's mm going to be things as a mom, and this is why I was asking about roles and what you bring to the table. There's going to be things as a mom that I can't talk to my son about. I don't know nothing about. I don't know nothing about how to explain your first boner, the first time you came and what the fuck came out your dick. I can't talk to you about porn. I can't talk to you about your first crush. I mean, I can, but not from a man's perspective. perspective. Yeah, You know so, what I'm so, saying? So, 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 so get back to that type of conversation there. You know, ultimately... Why a father figure may be important to just, just like say to have those conversations at those stages of development. That's why I go about talking about stages of development, understanding what your child may be going through from uh, from the, from birth to one, from two to three to, to three to five. And then it gets to from five to ten and on. So, you know, we Ooh. have to talk about understand what's taking place right. in each one of those. And I utilize Eric Erickson a lot to talk about those stages of development. And ultimately, when it comes to us as fathers, we have to get back, once again, get back to a point to understanding that we do have a valuable role. Because I know a lot of men that I talk to almost feel as if, you know, they, they're uh, in a way, it could be a hit or miss with them. What I mean, right. I mean by hit or miss is like, well, society say they need me, some society say they don't. So I don't know what to believe. Right. You know, so, like, so I have to get back when it's kind of men, we have to understand that our role is very important. Extremely, extremely important. important. Like then, my dad, you know, he taught me how to change a tire. My dad would teach me like I was outside with my dad working on the damn car, spark yeah. plugs, all that bullshit. <laughs> how to how to wash a car. You know, my dad, let me tell you something. And I'm a clean bitch. And all my sisters were clean. And my mom, like, we can clean. Yeah. My dad can out clean us. Right like there's just certain things that my dad instilled in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So we talk about from a social emotional standpoint, you know, so I, I want to ask you, I want to ask you clearly from a social standpoint, how do you feel as if your dad contributes to your development? And then from also a from, social from a social and then I'm going to ask you from emotional and we ain't going to get the psychological right now because that's um, a lot deeper. From a, a, a social standpoint, I feel like my dad taught me to always be aware of my surroundings. Okay. Um, I, like I said earlier, he taught me, how to be um, self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like my dad, when it came to men, one thing my dad would always tell me, men are dogs. So he kept it 100 with you. He's so like, you men are it, dogs. So you can make an informed men, decision about the men that you exactly. may deal with. Exactly. He was like, you, listen, men will do what you allow them to do. We are fucking dogs. If you give us the, the leeway, mm-hmm. oh, we're running with that shit. So my mm-hmm. dad, there was just certain things that I felt like, you know, like there's there's a lot of mistakes I've made, but there's also that that subconscious in me that I'm like I've I've been here before, you I've have, heard of this you heard, before, you heard this before, right? Yeah, like so it, consciously it you might be want to make a different decision, but subconsciously because I, I hear of my you, daddy because <laughs> what your father contributes to your development, right? It's there, and that's what I'm trying to get to the point of us as fathers, you know. Although we, a lot of fathers may feel like their their role and contribution is very minimal, our contribution is very is very immense when it comes to our children development. That's why we have to get to a place of understanding those early conversations that your father had with you even before you probably started dating. It's, oh yeah, it's in your sub, it's in your subconscious before. now. So you're now able to make more informed decisions. My dad about your dating. would you know check your, your me when I would dress a certain way. 
Yeah. And he would be like, what kind of attention are you trying to get? Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand very much the image that I put out there. But trust and believe I'm not no dumb bitch. You mm-hmm. know, my dad, I feel like really, really, really put me on mm-hmm. to where it's like when I do something very, uh, trust and believe is very, very much already like calculated. I already Got thought it. the shit through and I know exactly what the fuck I'm doing. So it's you know, never you know going to be. That, you know what steps you're taking. Once again, so decision making, decision executive making. functioning. These are all the ways that you're saying that your father contribute to your growth and development. Absolutely. You know, so once again, I'm not saying that mothers can't do it alone, but it's probably was in a way strengthened and enhanced because you had both parents in playing a role in your life. And I uh, will so, say, yeah. You know, with my daughter, you know, because I have both boy and girl, you know, when it comes to my daughter, because I already buried one, I don't, when I tell you I don't play about her, like, I wish one of you little niggas would. Like, I promise <laughs> you, this is not what you want. But I will say one of the toughest things as a mom for me, raising her and her being so emotional, she's a fucking Pisces, that's. But, Everybody can't be balanced like Libras, man. You know, we you indec- know we're indecisive, gang. but we balance. You know what I mean? <laughs> but one thing I will say about Lex that really, really, really messed with me for a really long time was, you know, it didn't dawn on me how much of a daddy's girl. I mean, I knew I was a daddy's girl, right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't dawn on me how much of a daddy's girl I was until I started seeing her grow up and miss things that. I just naturally had in my house. Got it. And I will explain further in saying that, you know, one day and, and like I didn't really get it, but she started having like these emotional outbursts, right? Like one day um, the school was having a father daughter dance mm-hmm. and I was like, do you want to go? And she's like, no. my dad's not here. And I'm like, well, Bobby can take you, which is my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, Bobby can take you. She's like, no, I don't want to go because, you know, everybody's going with their dad. And, you know, Bobby's older. And I was like, first of all, don't shit on my dad. But <laughs> like, but I was like, but it doesn't matter. You know, Bobby can take you. No, I don't want to go. And I was like, wow, that sucks. Like, that was my first real, like, eye opener to, damn, like, there are some things that no matter how hard I try as a mom, I'm not going to be able to fulfill. Right. You know? Then one day we went out to dinner with my friend and her niece and, you know, very innocent. They were all of what, maybe seven, eight years old. And, you know, Aaliyah sitting there. She's like, yeah, my daddy this and my daddy that and my daddy did this with me. and My daddy did that. She's going on and on and on about that. And my daughter just had this moment where she just said, I don't have a dad, okay? And I was like, and you know, my first reaction was embarrassment. I'm not going to lie. My first reaction right, was like, right. oh, my God, like sh- we're in public, right? But then after that reaction, I was like, damn, that's really how she feels. And I had to go home and be like, you know, you have a dad, right? Like, you know, the nigga is around. Like, he just might not be here, but he exists. He didn't come right. out of, like, thin well, air or anything, was, right? What she was really getting to, she doesn't have the father figure around like her friend does right you know what i mean so although he is around he wasn't able he's he's not able to contribute uh to her life experiences like this young lady was talking about with her father right you know so i think that that was where the hurt came from right you know, it was more so out of hurt like i don't have a dad that's that can every, do all these yeah, things with that's me. hearing me every day that right can do these things with me so my life experience my lived experience is different from yours right you know so these these are things man that i think is very important for us to really acknowledge 
you know, so 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 when I see uh let me just call it loud, I'm gonna just be real. When I see mothers that are blocking a father. Now, that's not, not just, cool. Not, not, not just blocking a father. That's now, not cool. I'm not saying all. Now, some fathers may not deserve to be around their children. If they're if they're endangerment to their life, their you know well being, they right. may not. Need, but when you have a father that's trying to be an active role, absolutely play an active role in their children's life, you know, allow that. Absolutely. Even though you may not be together, you know, you may not like them as a as a as an individual. Right. Allow them to be in their children's life, as long as they're not being uh, detrimental to their growth. Right. You know, and in a physical, social, emotional way, mm-hmm. you know, so that's that's that truly does bother me when I see that because this to hear what your daughter say, you know. But once again, your 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 daughter's father is just in a whole another place, right? You know, so it's not like you're blocking, but it's like think about how many kids who have fathers that are around the way, but their fathers can't play an active role because of the beef right. that him and the mother may be into, right? And um. Another thing that I wanted to bring up was the term that be thrown around a lot, daddy issues. Mm, when gosh. you hear the term daddy issues, what is your definition of daddy issues? You know, so first, I want us to get away from the thought process. When people say daddy issues, the first thing they think about is a, a, a young lady that oh, like older men. You know, that's the first thing I think a lot of people think of when they hear daddy issues. Uh, so that's 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 not a daddy issue. That's a preference. It, right. it may have contributed that you just just uh, find older gentlemen uh more. I have my dad in my life, and I like him old and tired. Y'all heard me say that yeah. shit a thousand yeah. times on this podcast. Yeah, Posh, you like, you, old and Posh, tired, you like him old and tired because you you want to know that he gonna be at home. That's Period. all that is. <laughs> but um, so when I hear daddy issues, to me that is a um, uh, psychological complex when it comes to the thought process that you have around men, whether it be experiences that you had with the person that played a father role in your life. Uh, so a lot of times it comes from a negative experience that you had with a person that played a father role in your life. Right. So a father that may have been neglectful or a father that may have been abusive. Now, these this is where daddy issues may come from. Mm-hmm. So now you may not have this true trust uh, of men or you may have this, um, you know, when I think. Um, let me just go and get drilled real, real quick. Let's just talk about this. You know. Let's talk about it from a very tough conversation so think about someone that may have been sexually abused right mm-hmm. so say if you have been sexually abused by someone who's supposed to be in that father role for you mm-hmm. uh typically there are two major routes that's normally identified that happens to this type of individual if you've been sexually abused by someone that could possibly be this father uh image you know one is uh you may become hypersexual or other, you may become hyposexual. You know, right. you don't want to engage in anything sexually, and and I'm utilizing that extreme. And I'm not, and so it's, it's not always that extreme. But I'm utilizing right. that extreme to really paint a picture, right? You know, so when we think about daddy issues, we're thinking about those who have been uh, negatively impacted by the person who's supposed to be this caring right. um, role model, this caring individual who's supposed to keep you safe. And now you don't really feel safe with any type of man because the person that was supposed to keep you safe didn't do so. Right. When I hear the term daddy issues, I think abandonment. Mm. I think um, maybe lack of love. Got it. Because I feel like. That's why I say neglect. Right. Neglect. Gotcha. Because I feel like, you know, one of the biggest things like my dad to this day. 
Bro, I am going to be 35. Do you know my dad fucking calls me on my birthday and cries over the... This nigga just cries, bro. (laughs) That nigga just be crying for no reason. Are you his firstborn? Yes. And on the day before him, I'm his gift. Um, (laughs) Gang. Um, I leave around here. Leave, 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 leave. Yes, sir. You know, like, my dad and I... I, He set the standard so fucking high. He set the standard so ridiculously high. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous the lengths that my dad goes through for his family. Like I, I, I'm telling you, man. Like I cannot say, I cannot say enough things about my dad. Right on time. And you know, like when I look but at, I love that. I love that because in a way, you know, once I, like I said earlier, sometimes we, we're, it's easy for us to magnify the negative that took place, but it's hard for us to remember the positive. But it sounded to me, it's like. With your father, there really a, ain't no negative to this man, <laughs> other than he had poor money management skills. That's the only thing I remember my parents arguing about was fucking money, because my dad would be so quick to want to help somebody out and take literally like the shirt off his back, and my mom's like, "You can't do that with everybody. They're using you." That was literally like the only thing that I could possibly think of was the downside of my dad. But it's money management. Was other? I mean, was money management. Other than that, you know, when I look back at my daughter. You know, this was something that I um, I didn't share on the podcast, um, but I'm going to share it today because it's very relevant to this episode. Um, you know, as I've said before, last year I went on a big hiatus. I just decided, you know what, I got way too much going on. I got to stop. I got to I got to take it back in. I got to get myself right because yeah. I can't keep running off the fumes that I'm that I'm running on here. And one of the biggest things that were going on in my life last year was um my daughter wrote a suicide note and she was all of 11. Mm. And when I found that note, words cannot describe what I felt, especially because I had already buried my one daughter. I was just like, I can't even imagine life without Alexa like I couldn't even do it. I, I I was so shook by that note. And when I spoke to her, because of course, I mean, you, you can't just brush that one under the rug. Um, <laughs> when, you know, I spoke to her about it. You know, she's, I said to her, I said, why do you feel that way? Like, and I was shaking. Like I didn't even have yeah. words. Yeah. And I was like, why do you feel like that? Like, what is it? Why do you want to take, you want to kill yourself? Why? And she was like, because I just, she was like, I, I just don't understand why my dad doesn't want me. Mm. And it was that very moment where I said to myself, I said, damn, no matter how hard I work, no matter how many vacations we take, no matter how many times she, I let her order room service because she bougie on the low. Um, I wonder where she get that from. <laughs> I wonder where she get it from. Um, you know, no matter what I give her to try to compensate for him not being here, it ain't gonna never going to be enough. Right. It you ain't never going to be enough. It's not a void that you can fill with a parent. You know what I mean? It's I not, tried. I ain't going to hold you. I, 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 I listen, tried, y'all. Listen. listen. <laughs> you know, sometimes. I sure did. You know, I think that's what we we all think happens, you know, uh, even uh, for inactive fathers or inactive parents in general that's not active in their child life. They feel like, well, they, they'll get over it. It'll be okay. They'll feel, find, find something to replace me. Right. But it's, it's something that really can't be replaced. Right. Unless, um, not even unless, you know, uh, um, 
No, because you, you, you have people a, that have stepdads and still feel the same way. Like, well, yeah. he's cool, whatever, right. but he ain't my dad. Think about kids that get adopted. They may get adopted at a very young age, and 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 they have the most most perfect adopted family, but it's always still that question, right? About who are my biological parents and who and why and why and why and why and, and why. that I think that's what we, you know what. 13 Reasons Why. What's that a show on Netflix? You know, yeah. that why is always the heaviest question. It's always the heaviest question for a lot of us. Right. We think about why did this happen to me? Why was my life this way? And then sometimes, you know, what I try to really help my clients reframe, um, and I say reframe from a cognitive behavior therapy uh, uh, type of thought process, that reframe the way that we think, act, and feel about certain issues. Right. You know, not why did this happen to me, why did this happen for me mm. you know possibly you know maybe me not being here it also gave me a strength like I used to ask that same question when I was a kid you know when I was a child myself I used to ask why you know my mother went to prison and she got out a year later but she never came and got me from my godparents I used to be like why mm. why you didn't come get me yeah, and then I, and I felt like when then she started having more having more kids I'm like oh you're trying to replace me and then the same thing with my biological father. I'm like, well, my mama went to prison. Why, why didn't you why come didn't take me? You come get take me. me from to your home. Right. Why well, have to go live with my godparents? You know, right. which I'm very grateful and thankful that I went and lived there because I right as to, opposed to being <laughs> in the system. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Not even that. I'll, I'll probably been somewhere, but I, I it, it, it contributed to my my growth and development to who I am today. You know, my friends that I grew up with all right. come from that neighborhood. The high school I went to only because I went to that neighborhood, lived in that neighborhood. So it actually helped me. But when you were a child, when you're someone that can't understand, and you always want to ask that why, yeah, why did this happen to me then? You learn when you become an adult, you start asking, why did this happen for me? Yeah. Because I wouldn't have the perspective that I have now about life. Right. If those things didn't happen. Right. You know? So, you know, but you just standing in the paint with your daughter to have that tough conversation, good thing. And I'm glad that I think now we're a generation of parents who are uh, getting away from brushing things under the rug. I think there ain't no brushing <laughs> shit under the rug these but, days. But, you know, because some, some parents would have heard their daughter or heard their son say, I'm... I don't want to, you know, see that letter and be like, hey, you need to get suck it up. Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, yeah, no, yeah, that one yeah. was not a suck it up kind of conversation. That yeah, was but, a, whoa, we but, have something to truly, really to talk fucking about. wrong right now. And I need to figure this out fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that I do want to say is, you know, men, again, I know that a lot of a lot of jokes be thrown on this podcast. I'm aware of it. Yeah. I don't but, know they jokes. Uh, okay. <laughs> jokes and experiences. <laughs> I'm be throwing a lot, a lot in this podcast. But you're so important. Yeah. You are so loved. You know, I I am raised. I I know, I know, I know the personality that is and the image that is out there and the brand that is out there um when it comes to me. But I say this all the time how much I believe in a traditional household. Mm. I believe that a lot of things start from home. And if you are not there to teach your child the ways of life. Someone's no life going to teach them. <laughs> it, it goes one of two ways. Either yeah. you teach them or life is going to teach them. Right. Somebody going to teach them. But, you know, even, you know, um, with the term traditional, I, I kind of stay away from, you know, but learning to 
uh, half a uh, traditional, yeah. you know. I know what you mean. Yeah, marriage hey. and then the kids. Not you know any other. Not it. Not any other order. Just. But you know, a lot of us are products. Uh, a lot of individuals that I know are products of non-married uh, marriage type of households. But you know, at the end of the day, even if you're not, and I, 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 I would encourage that. But even if you're not, just learn how to co-parent in a healthy way. Right. Whether you're married, whether you were someone who had a, a, a marriage, a child out of wedlock, I don't just learn how to co-parent. Learn one another. The same way that you would sign a contract with a business partner to operate and start a business, it's the same way that we need to really think about with our children. So if me you're and you right. bump heads, we but need to be able to have this type of type of, uh, of black and white to understand what is what's the My daughter operation. was a surprise. I wouldn't have necessarily had a kid with a nigga. You feel me? <laughs> so I got to, you know. But listen, I understand. Ooh. But even being a surprise, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure I was surprised. Like I said, my daddy was married. <laughs> right. Not to my right. mother, to a whole other woman when he had me. So I don't know if I was intentional, but right. I'm having him here. But, you know, ultimately, any of you have that surprise, if you are two healthy, functional adults. Right. We may not want to be together. Right. But we have created this life together. Right. So we need to learn how to work together to ensure that this child has the 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 highest probability ever to to become a healthy, functional adult. Right. That's how we have to look at this. Right. I agree. Because I will say, like, and I, I would the where I was trying to go with it, right, was the fact that. You know, like I said, my my daddy, let me tell y'all, there's nobody like him. (laughs) But more importantly, when I talk to my dad about his dad, and that's that's where I was kind of going with it. It's a trend. It's a cycle, right? If you ain't see that growing up, it's hard for you to emulate something you didn't see because now you have to try to unlearn certain things and learn new things. Now, I'm glad that you kind of brought that up. You know, that's why I tell parents, you know, uh, one thing that we shouldn't be ashamed of is going like to parenting classes, going to talk to people that's been in that role before. Um, Even right now, my, my nonprofit organization, No Limit Health and Education, we just got two grants to put on, um, uh, fatherhood initiatives, which will help us uh, uh, give fathers the tool necessary to be healthy fathers and also provide them with also resources to make sure that they're at their healthiest self to be a, a, a functional father in their child life. And then also a parenting initiative to where right. we're able to work with parents, both men and women or adopted parents or parent, uh, grandparents that's playing a parental role to get them the tools that they need to actually be effective as parents today. You know, so we shouldn't be ashamed of being going out of seeking uh, additional assistance. Even now as a counselor, I have parents that come in and, you know, their teenagers like, oh, I'm going crazy right now. I don't know what to do Shoot, with these individuals. You know, so. <laughs> like, uh, you better get this nigga. Get, get him for real. Because you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's half yeah, white. Yeah. But, <laughs> he acting like a white boy but, right now. But at the end of the day, you know, so once, a lot of times we just have to have the 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 knowledge base we have to receive the tools that's going to be more beneficial um and then also understand especially when in the adolescent stage that it may not look the way that you want it to look Mm. you know and i tell parents this all the time what you're what you have to understand when children are in their early adolescent stage and i'm talking about from uh to me early adolescence from 12 to 18 Mm -hmm. that's early adolescence our voices as parents get very low you told their, me that. Their, their peers mm-hmm. and media, Social media. Is, is so much louder than you. Right. But as parents, 
we still have to sprinkle our voices in there and still set those standards and boundaries. Yeah. You know, because ultimately they're going to buck. They're going to be upset. They ain't going to like it. But just like probably you and just like majority of adults in America and across the world, we look back and like, hey, now I understand what my mother and father was trying to instill in me. Let me tell you something. (laughs) When I was 16 years old, I thought I was grown. Yeah. I had a job. I had my license. I was acing school. And my parents were so strict with me that I had to ask permission to sit on the front balcony. Mm. I would fuck the going outside the fence. You're not even allowed to sit on the balcony without permission. Sit on down on the balcony. So man. I remember one day I was like, fuck this house. And that's really what I said out loud. My dad said, what you said? He said, you're not going anywhere. I walked outside and I and my dad just so happened to be sitting outside on the balcony. So he's like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm leaving this house. And he said, no, you're not. Go back inside. And I was so scared about my about my dad. Like, my mom, my mom is like all of 4'9". I'm all of 5'1", but I was taller than her is what I'm saying. So I felt like, you know, my mom, I could kind of no, handle no, no, that. No, don't forget about that grown that grown person screaming, though. But my dad? It. it was a whole other business. <laughs> so he was like, no, you're not. Go back inside. So I went back inside or whatever. Now I'm huffing and puffing because I'm trying to be badass about it. And I'm like, how am I going to get out this house? Because he just sunned me. And this when y'all was in uh, New Jersey? When you was yeah, up, when so I was you, in Jersey. So you was up north, yeah, too. So you know, I was just had that like, whole Jersey sweat ready to go. Okay. Right. <laughs> so then finally, my dad walked inside. He's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? I'm tired of this house and I'm not allowed to do this. And I'm not, you know, because all my friends are doing shit. And I'm always, you know, either at work or in school or stuck in the house. I can never go nowhere. And I was like, I'm tired of this damn house. And he said, don't you say that again. And I was like, said what? I was He's like, saying, I huh? am tired of this damn. Yo, when I tell you my dad punched me. With what felt like a grown ass man punch, <laughs> I am shocked I didn't lose teeth. That man, not only did he do that, but then he yoked my ass up. My mom walks in the damn room. She sees me getting yoked up. So she's like, what's going on? She ain't need much of an explanation. I felt like she, <laughs> she wanted to hit me low key for like a while now. So she like, she had Yo, this happen to her. So he had me hemmed up. They ended up throwing me on the floor. Had me hemmed up on the floor. And my dad was yelling at her, hit her. And my mom is behind them trying to punch me in the face. <laughs> I'm pinned up against the, the floor. Hey, hey, like, what, what were you doing with your life at this time? You must I was, have been. I was a rebel. You were a rebel like that, huh? I was a rebel. You they know, felt like they I, needed I to think, punch um, it out of me. You know, I'm gonna say this real quick. You know, uh, <laughs> corporal punishment is not the way to go, parents. That's not Fuck sh- that, that. Beat that sh- your kids. That shouldn't ass. be the first first step that we take. Uh, however, uh, I, I you know I have a similar story like that when I was 16, 17. I was Shit, starting to the smell. The Bible says, "Don't spare <laughs> the rod. He ain't gonna die." <laughs> real the talk. Bible was real clear and said he ain't gonna die. <laughs> so my parents you know, was like, "Be her ass." But that, I think, in Jesus think name. especially around you know 14 to 18 is always the most difficult. Uh, transition for most parents because at that time you know your, your child is now mm. uh, physically becoming about your size you know they're, they're now oh my son's uh, taller t- than me but he's still yeah. scared and yeah. I feel like I've done a very, very good, good job <laughs> at that <laughs> hey look man but I, I had a similar story when I was 16 you know uh, when I got to high school I always been a big guy you know what I mean I got to high school I was 200 pounds solid as a freshman you know so you know, when I think about it now, a lot of grown men in that side, you don't really think about it. But I was I was on the varsity football team, I'm lifting the weights, <laughs> I'm feeling strong, you know, getting girls. So I think this one time, I my my godmother told me I couldn't do something. I'm like, man, I'm for to do it anyways. 
Now, my godfather, once again, is very stoic, and he, don't, he didn't really say much. You know, when he talked, that's, that meant that you better listen. Yeah. So when he said, when my godmother told me I couldn't go anywhere, my godfather heard that, and I was going to walk the door anywhere. He was like, Peanut. That's what they called me, Peanut. Oh, my, oh, my god, that aside. Then my daddy called me Bear. Well, he was like, Peanut, you heard what Eva said? I'm, like, I'm looking at him like, man, I'm finna go anyway. <laughs> Y'all can't stop me. Because once again, I'm smelling myself. Right. You know, right. I'm feeling good about my life. Like, you can't, man, I, I bitch 315 right now. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel. But that was the day I learned the difference between uh, grown men's strength Mm. And, and and that early adolescent script. Never forget you know, it either. Never <laughs> forgot. You know, so he came and grabbed me. I'm, I'm trying to wrestle with him, but very effortlessly, he tossed me down and like stood over me with his fist cocked back, like, boy, I would knock you out. Yo, I was you so saw? mad. Because <laughs> then on top of that, my mom picks up the phone. I'm thinking she's calling the cops for help because I clearly need help. No, she called the pastor. Do you know the, the pastor walked into the house? I had a busted lip and everything. <laughs> Nigga talk about why are you wearing pants? Aren't you supposed to be getting ready to go to church? Excuse me, sir. I have a busted lip. So, Possibly a dislocated fucked up eye. All, all this stuff. Why are you asking me about church right now? But to, but, but to get back to the point, when it comes to that uh, adolescent stage of development, we definitely as parents have to be uh, under, not understanding, but have to have the knowledge base of understanding what they're going through socially, emotionally, and physically. Right. And then also, like I said, in the day, stand your ground. You know, don't don't give. And when I say stand your ground, you know sometimes ground. <laughs> sometimes parents get so tired. Like you know what, here man, I don't care. I don't care right, what you right, do right, no right, more. Right. No, Mm-mm. you you need to be in the house at a certain time. I expect for you to hold have this type of grades. You know, because once again, they always gonna moan. Oh why? But at, they in the need day, structure. Yeah, they need that structure. And I think a lot of times parents just get fed up because like, well, I'm trying to give them structure, and they always upset about my structure. Forget that. Because right. when, you know, when they are adults, they're going to appreciate that. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times what I have seen from clients who didn't have parents that instill that structure or just say, you know what, I'm done with throwing hands up. That's the resentment. Yeah. But I'd rather you resent me for making sure that you get the right thing done. than you resent me for just say, I'm, I'm done. I give up. Right. You know, I can tell you that. My my grandfather passed away, I think I was four years old. He had a stroke and eventually he passed. And, um, you know, even though I was that young, I do remember like, um, you know, helping my grandmother around the house when it came to him, bathing him, putting on his shoes, stuff like that. Right. And when I talked to my dad about his father, you know, what's so crazy to me that the same way I'm crazy about my dad, he's crazy about his dad. Mm. My dad tells a story all the time to me, right, about how when he met my mom. First of all, my dad had two girlfriends. He had my mom and some other bitch. We don't care about her. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, when my mom found out that he was dating somebody else, um, you know, she gave my dad an ultimatum. She's like, I ain't fucking with you no more. You have a girlfriend? Cool. Don't, don't call me no more. Mm. And my dad was so slick with it. So my mom and my dad, both Dominican, raised in the capital. My mom, very, very poor side of things. My dad, affluent side of things. So my dad was like in college, had the nice ass car. He called this shit the panty dropper. So my dad was lit. Okay, okay. So, you know, my mom felt like, oh, okay, you know, he lit, whatever. But my mom wasn't, my, my dad moved my mom into an apartment on the same block as his house was. Mm-hmm. So my mom says that one day she was just walking back from the store and she just so happened to walk past his house and he was there with some other girl. And that's how she found out about the other girl. Got it. So she broke it off with my dad, whatever. Shortly after that, she found out that she's pregnant with me. She tells my dad. 
my dad was broke it off with the other girl, decided to marry my mom. So my dad tells a story about how he goes into um, into my grandfather's office and says, Dad, I want to get married. So he says, okay, because my dad and my grandfather owned a body shop in Dominican Republic. So he was like, at the end of the business day, like, you know, come back into my office and we'll talk about it. And he says that my grandfather sat him down for like a good four, five hours. To make sure this is what he truly to wanted. To make, went through everything. He said, mm. everything you can possibly imagine, dad talked about it. And at the end of it all, he said, do you still want to get married? My dad was like, yes, sir, I do. Mm. And he said, plan your wedding. I'm going to pay for it. And let me tell you something. My grandfather passed away when I was four, so I don't have much of a history with him. But when I talk to my dad, when I talk to my aunts, when I talk to my uncle, when I talk to my grandmother, I asked my grandmother, I was like, Grandma, why you ain't never get remarried? She said, are you crazy? She said, do you know the kind of man that your grandfather was to me? They could never. They're way, way too big of a shoes to fill. Mm. And when I think about the impact, like my dad growing up in that environment turned around and made him into the man he is today. Yeah. Which turned around in a weird way, made me the woman I am today. And hard to please. I'm not just joke. Just joke. Just joke. Um, <laughs> No, not hard to please. I, there's just certain things I don't. I don't. Big, big shoes to fill. You know, your dad. They, your dad. Sound like made some you, big shoes there. I mean, if you act right, <laughs> then this should be nothing. If you want to be acting a fool, then you might have some problems. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is why she like men. They're sixties. That's gonna sit at home. <laughs> <laughs> just be over the bullshit. But you know, like the impact, and and that made me think to myself, like, it's not about you as a man. It's a it, when once you have a child, like I say this all the time, it's not about me now that I'm a mom. It's about my kids. Yeah. What are my kids going to turn around and say when somebody the same way when somebody asked me about my dad and I have all these great things to say. You know what? When somebody <laughs> asked my dad about his dad and he has so many great things to oh, say. Oh, man. What are your kids going to say about you? You know, what? I'm glad you asked that type of question, man. And, and I, I sometimes say something very morbid to my daughter. You know, because she asked me, Dad, why you want me to do these things? I always when say, I die. Yeah, that's what I say. So when I when I when I die, I know you're able to handle this on your own. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, I would hate for me to die Yo, and be like, well, my dad ain't niggas always me. want to die. <laughs> and it's so morbid, but it's so real. Cause that's like, like for me, it makes sense in my mind. Right, like right, I right. want to make sure that my daughter is capable. Cause one day I'm not gonna be the I'm bitch crapping that, that I am now, or I'm not gonna be here breathing at all. So I want to make sure that I'm equipping my daughter with everything possible. My son too. You know, once he gets of age, I want to make sure I'm equipping you everything possible because when I'm not here, right? That you'd be like, you know, my dad provided this to me. He instilled this in me. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's what it sounds like your 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 grandfather did for your dad and what your dad did for you. Mm-hmm. You know, your your grandfather gave things to your father that can't be measured by any financial gains. Right. You know, the principles that he probably taught your father. Right. You know, the 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 attributes of the, the demeanor and the personality of being a good father, like that is what was passed down to your father. Right. Those things are invaluable. Right. And so I think a lot of times we have to really understand how invaluable our time is, our wisdom is, and not to just minimize it by the finances that we're able to provide. Yeah. You know, that's why with the big crit son, rich dad, poor dad, I'm glad that we kind of talked about that tonight. Right. 
I appreciate what he was saying. Like my dad didn't have the most money financially, but he was still a rich dad because what he was able to pass down to me. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, everybody chases money. Like I said, there's two things about me, my Achilles heel, my kids and my money. Don't fuck with either <laughs> I mean, one. I mean, that's what, that's what made the world go round. At the end of the day, we all have to have money. Right. But that's it, we shouldn't minimize our contribution to our children just to money. That's what I'm saying to, right. to the men. Right. You know, just because you're paying uh, child, your support. child support or you, you're giving financial <laughs> gains or buying clothes or shoes, it's much more than that that we need to be trying to bring to the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, it's more than money. It's... It's those times where, you know, if your kid is having a bad day, are you going to be there? Can they pick up the phone and say, hey, dad, I'm having a bad day. Can I talk to you? Yeah. Can we go get some ice cream? Can you take me, you know, can, can just have a Like, you know how many times I would just walk with my dad? It don't matter where we was going. We were going to the fucking bodega. But I was walking with my dad. You know how proud I am to hold my dad's hand? Let me tell you something. I was a spoiled bitch. My sweet 16, boy. <laughs> I was, I, I'm going to put up a picture of it. Um, I'm walking around with my nose in the air, like literally like this. I was so happy that, you know, I was having that moment and that my dad was very much a part of my life. And I know that at this point, Lemmy's going to be kicking me out soon. Yes, I'm, I'm, rap we, 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 I'm wrapping it up, Lemmy. We're we the club let out right now, man. <laughs> oh, man. Um, the COVID-19 club let out. I mean, just <laughs> yo, that shit is really fucking crazy. But, you know, like the one thing that I will say is I feel like when I think about the role of a man when it comes to his children, I do believe that a man should be the head of the household. I do believe that his role is to protect and provide. I do believe that he is to teach his children. Um, a lot of men do think that it's just financially and that's it. And I'm here to tell you that your job is nowhere near done, even when you're there and you're contributing financially. Definitely. Um, you know, in, in light of it being Father's Day, I do want to reiterate the fact that my, my dad is my hero. He is my best friend. He is my first love. <laughs> um, <clears throat> some of the best memories of my dad is simply just him spending time with me and taking the time to have those difficult conversations. Um, never once did I feel like my dad was talking to me as my dad. He always um, strives to talk to us as your friend. Um, so when he talks to us, as opposed to my mom, who felt like, you know, she was nagging and always telling us <laughs> some shit. You know, we were always more receptive um, to our dad because we always felt like, you know, daddy comes to us from a different he was angle. He, he comes he, to he, us he, as the he homie. Was, uh, what we call in the social work field, he was coming down to meet you where you are. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? He, dad, you you know, know, he didn't talk down to you. He like came down to your level to where you were actually receptive and you would hear and listen to what he right. said. Not just hear, but listen to what he had to say and was able to process it in a way that could possibly help you. Yes, for sure. He was definitely coming to us from, like I said, I, I always feel like I could pick up my dad, my, my phone, call my dad and talk to my dad about anything. Like I've told my dad things that I'm like, Jesus Christ, I would never. But I have <laughs> because I felt like, you know, I could talk to him like that's my dad. Yeah. Um, You know, he talked to me about life, about men, about purity, about having morals, about my role as a woman, my role as a mom, my role as, you know, one day being somebody's wife. Um. He taught me honesty. He taught me work hard. He taught me integrity. He taught me to always do your best. Mm. Um, he taught me the importance of family. 
the importance of unity. Yeah. Um, even if that means, you know, you don't have to always agree. No. You know, but you, you always have a unified front. Yeah. Even if I have to check you behind closed doors. <laughs> um, I really want to wrap up this episode with a challenge. And um, my challenge to the men who are fathers, I, wanna, I want you guys to ask yourself, when you die, it's going to happen, <laughs> right? We all got to die one day, unfortunately. Sorry to tell y'all. Um, what will your children say about you? That dash, man. That dash. You know, from the time you're born to the, the year you're born, the year you die, that, that dash. What, what would have been the legacy you left what behind? What is the legacy? What yeah. are your children going to say about you? What are they going to remember? What tools, what resources yeah. did you leave them to help them navigate life? What will be your legacy? Definitely. You know, Definitely. That's good, that's I, good... I, I hope that from this episode, we're not med bashing here, um, <laughs> that you guys can, can get a sense of the fact that I really do appreciate men. You guys have such an important role that is played in your children's life, in your children's children's life, whether you realize it or not. Um, in today's world, more than ever, there is so much going on today that if you're, if it's not going to be you, then who is it going to be? Who is no, it going to be that's going to step up and show your son? Or your, are you okay with somebody stepping up and showing your son or your daughter things that you should have been present to do? Yeah. So, so that's, that's going to be my challenge. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much. I, I love I love having conversations with him, as you guys can tell. We've been doing this before the cameras were rolling. Yeah, man. Um, I'm, uh, I appreciate you having me again. And this conversation is, is very uh, worthwhile for us to be having. This must be something that has to continue to have uh, happen. Um, and as you stated, you know, sometimes we as fathers, and I say we because I'm a father as well, we have to really think about when what type of impact do we want to have in our children's life? What type of memory do we want them to have of us? You know, and not just a uh, falsified memory of how you think you should be perceived, but what right. you are actually well, contributing actually did. did to actually uh, earn the memory that you have in the heart. So, because we still have to earn that space in our oh, children's yeah. hearts and in their minds, you know. So, fathers, you know, ultimately, man, you understand that we do play an important role um, outside of financials. You know, once again, we play an important role when it comes to their social, emotional, and psychological development. So, from day one, we need to be very active. Let's not wait. Let's get in there from day one and be active in our child's development or our children's development. Absolutely. So appreciate you having me, Posh. Hey, listen, don't follow her on, on, on no type of social media <laughs> because at the end of the day, she on that, she says she don't man bash, but boy, look at her. Yo, listen, <laughs> I don't man bash. I, I bash these boys that pretend to be men and really aren't. That's oh, so, that's the ones I come after. So but you if, talk about the ones that are legally adults, but they have they haven't really hit that uh, maturity level. You know what I'm saying? You know, I hear you what you're saying. <laughs> I ain't doing what you man. Hey, get me up off this camera. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in again.
please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe, rate, comment, share my shit. If you have any any questions or topics that you'd like to see discussed on the podcast, please send them to the Posh Sessions Podcast at gmail.com. Again, very special shout out to my audio engineer, Lemmy. We got photos by Lex behind the lens. Our yeah, special guest. Mr. Purnell Bush. Yeah, you can find me on social media on some Instagram as djuggernaut underscore therapist. You can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook as Purnell Bush. And that's Purnell with a P-E-R. Don't, don't ever put P-U-R. <laughs> P-E-R-N-E-L-L Bush B-U-S-H. Yes, sir. <laughs> he he ain't he ain't cheap, but he affordable. <laughs> and until next time, peace. Be easy.